let's give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah. 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 How many is looking forward to that day where He calls us home? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. So thankful for the presence of God. Come praying and expecting and believing the Lord to do something great in this house today. How many come with expectations in your heart today? Amen. Let's pray for all of those who are sick and unable to be in the house of the Lord, that God would touch them and heal their bodies. Let's pray for Sissy Ashcraft, healing and salvation, and Dawn Ashcraft, healing and salvation, and uh, all of those across this, this country, and not only this country, but all across the world that's sick with this virus. Pray that the Lord would touch them and heal them, and God would help this plague to stay. And uh, that means stop, according to biblical terms, but we don't want it to stay here. We want it to go away, away and never come back again. So let's pray for that and ask God's touch and blessings in this service today. God, we love you. We thank you, Savior, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings, for your touch, for your help. Thank you, God, for this opportunity that you've given us to come to your house to worship and to praise and to glorify your great name. You are wonderful, you are mighty, and you are powerful, God. And we lift you up. We ask you, Lord, that you'd see these requests that we brought before you today. Heal those who are sick, deliver those who are bound, set free the captive, and save those who are lost. God, work in this country, work in this community, work in this world today with the situation at hand. In Jesus' name, God, fill this house with your glory today. We'll praise, let's clap our hands and worship Him together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. As a, you want to just remain up front and march around and give your offering, they put the offering pans out. Sister Stephanie, play something.
Lord a hand clap of praise today? How many wants to say yes to the Lord today? Yes to His will, yes to His way. Amen. Yes to whatever the Lord would have for us to do. Amen. I love serving God today. It's so good to know Him and the power of the Holy Ghost. So thankful for His goodness, His mercy, and His blessings and all that He has done for us. Lord bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. We welcome everyone to the house of the Lord today. And glad that you have come to be with us. And uh, service number two this morning. And my voice is a little weak now. I preached a little long. And a little longer than what I anticipated. <clears throat> so you might be the ones <clears throat> that comes out on the, the best side of things today with the second service. Brother Smith will be preaching tonight. And uh, looking forward to the wonderful Word of God from Brother Smith. That service will be at 7 o'clock. So there will be only one service, and uh, that's at 7 o'clock. So we are going to allow only somewhere around 50 people in here. So we ask you to come if you can and uh, be here early. And uh, we'll, we're going to go by those who have not been at these two services first. And then if there's any room, we can put you in the prayer room. We can put you in the lobby, whatever we need to do. But... Uh, we want to try our best to um, uh, go according to some of the things that they want us to do. And um, we're trying to make decisions as we go. And uh, But we want to welcome everyone that has joined us uh, on the Internet this morning. And appreciate you tuning in to us. We ask you, I asked them this a little while ago, I don't make me, I feel like, I'm preaching to people that I've just got through preaching to, which some of you I have. And so I don't want to uh, go back and say, well, I just said this. It's a habit that I, I just said this, but I'm going to say again. So I'm just going to preach just like I'm preaching this for the first time if my voice would hold up. But we want everyone that is home uh, to join us. And, and just like you're having church this morning. If you have your hat on, take your hat off. Gather your family around the living room or the biggest space that you have. And uh, be attentive to the Word of God. Respond to the Word of God. When it's time to say amen, say amen. If it's time to shout, shout. If it's time to run the aisles, run around the couch, jump over the couch. Well, maybe you can't jump over the couch, but uh, run up and down the hall. Maybe just take off and... Do like we do sometimes here at the church, just go outside and run around the house and come back in. But let's try to have church the best way that we can and uh, respond to what God is doing and uh, what God would want to say to us today. And uh, I want to uh, ask you all uh, in here and under the sound of my voice today, if we would, let's pray for our, our community and our community leaders, I do not want to be critical of them. I want to be in prayer for them. They might do some things I don't understand and some things I do not agree with. But I know they're under a lot of pressure to try to make the right decisions. And uh, our differences we will work through at a later date, at a better time. But right now we're all 
under a lot of pressure. They're under pressure. I'm under pressure. You're under pressure. Uh, the president's under tremendous pressure. And uh, let's just pray. Let's pray for everyone. And uh, let's pray for this community that God would would move this stuff out of here. That no one else would be getting sick. No one else would die. The Lord would protect all of us and keep us from the harm of this terrible virus. And I want to preach to you today what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. And uh, I feel like God gave me a message for this service or these services today for our church in general. And um, don't make me... Don't make me have to uh, explain myself. I am not being critical of any way, anyone. I have sent out texts and I ask you uh, personally. I have uh, asked uh, in the text that if you do not feel comfortable with coming to church, listen at home. I still agree with that. And uh, I want everyone that's here to know that you're here on your own accord and your own will. I'm not forcing anyone. I am not compelling anyone. I'm not going to blast you if you don't show up. I just want to preach to you today. And uh, I want to uh, help us. And I want to try to jog our memory and jog our spirits, shake our spirits just a little bit. To understand the hour and the necessity, the hour that we're in and the necessity that it is to draw near to God. And I pray that when this is over, and I do believe this, that we will come back stronger, that the church will be more victorious, and the saints of God will be stronger than we have been in the past, that God would some way through this stir up A love for the house of God like never before. As we realize how quickly, how quickly, how quickly these rights can be taken away from us. And I think that we need to to realize that. And the church needs to realize that. And I love this church. I want to do the best um, that I can for this church. I want you to have faith and confidence in me. I I do not want you to criticize me. Of course, I'm in. I'm holding a a office that is uh, very well in the way of criticism. But I would prefer your prayers over your criticism, and I would prefer the direction of God. I have an obligation to my family. I have an obligation to this church family. But my main obligation is to God, the church of God. The church of God is so important. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts to feed the flock. The church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, which he purchased with his own blood. I do not take that lightly. I take that very, very, very seriously. And I pray that none... None of us, none of our church members. I pray that nobody else in our community, but I pray that God would protect us from this virus. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Galatians chapter 5 and 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter number 5, 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 
I'll read two passages of Scripture there from these different books in the New Testament. And uh, I would like you, if you're at home, please get your, your, your Bible out. Turn to Galatians, turn to Second Thessalonians, follow along with us. Just have church in your house today and uh, respond to what God wants for us in this place today. Galatians chapter number 1. The Bible said, stand fast therefore. Could you all say that with me? Stand fast therefore. In the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now let's look at Second Thessalonians chapter number 2. <clears throat> chapter number 2, verse number 15. I know I'm <clears throat> trying to clear my throat this morning. I'm not sick. I'm not running fever. I just got through preaching for a while, a little bit ago. Second Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 15. Therefore, brethren... Say it with me. Stand fast and hold. And hold what? Does anybody know what it says? The traditions. And hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle. Stand fast and hold the traditions which ye have been taught. Amen. By word or epistle. Let's put our Bibles down. If you would, stand with me in your house. If you're not already standing, lift your hands and lift your voice toward God and ask God to help us today. God, we depend on You. God, we trust in You. My faith and my confidence and my hope is in You. I pray, Lord. I thank you for the anointing a few minutes ago. I ask you, God, to anoint me again to preach this message that you've delivered to me, to deliver to your church, God. I pray that you would help me, God, to preach under the anointing power of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, touch every home today, God. Every person that's in their home right now, give them a touch from heaven in Jesus' name. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord, everybody. <clears throat> hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Again, welcome. We're so glad that you are here today. Remember, church will start at 7 o'clock tonight. Only one service tonight. Brother Smith will be preaching and uh, looking forward to the Word of the Lord. I want to talk to you from this subject it's kind of odd. It's kind of um, kind of weird, I guess, but it's just what the Lord gave me, and uh, it's probably not <clears throat> real proper English. But I just want to uh, share with you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart uh, for today's services, and this is the title, and this is a thought that I would like to use. When I don't know what to do. Everybody say, when I don't know what to do. I do what I know to do. I do what I know to do. When I don't know what to do, I do what I know to do. The other day, I've been praying this week that God would direct me. And I've been praying through this situation that God 
would give me a special anointing and special words from God that would help us as a church in all that we are facing, that anyone that that would be in this community that might would be listening or across the globe that might would be listening, that God would give me words of wisdom to help in this troubled time that we are living in. And uh, so I, I've been praying about this, and, and uh, I was praying the other day, and when I laid down in bed the other night, the Lord just dropped this thought into my mind. And, and I, I got my phone, and I began to write down these things, and because sometimes the Lord lays things on my heart, and if, if, I, um, if I don't write them down, I, I seem to forget but I wrote it down and I tried to, my mind has been thinking on this and going over uh, these things and of what God would have me to say. And uh, so I, I want to be a blessing to you today. I don't want to be a hindrance to anyone. I don't want to be offensive to anyone, but I, I do have to preach this morning. And sometimes the preaching of God's Word might cut us because it's sharper than a two-edged sword, but I'd pray that you would take it as the Holy Ghost trying to quicken our minds and our spirits to what God would have us to do and what God wants us to be, uh, to do and to be. Second Thessalonians chapter number two, uh, the commentary has somewhat to say about this that I find very interesting. Dake's commentary. Now, I don't agree with all commentaries because they're not coming from a oneness perspective for the most part. They have their own ideas and opinions about a lot of things, I think, is just that. It's ideas and opinions, which we all are, are, we all have a lot of ideas and opinions. But as I was reading this and the interpretation and the commentary of what the writer had to say about Second Thessalonians chapter number 2 and verse number 15, I found it very interesting that he says two things must be done to obtain glory. Two things. What, what are those two things to, that must be done? He did not say that it was an option, but from his perspective, it was a necessity. And that was number one, stand Fast. Just simply stand fast. According to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 14, and of course number 15 that we have read for a text in our hearing today. Stand fast. And then the second thing is, he said that one to obtain glory must hold true to doctrines. Hold true to doctrines. According to Second Thessalonians, again, chapter 2 and verse number 15, and then verse number, or chapter number 3 and verse number 6. And he goes on to say this, that it is folly to talk about coasting into heaven. I found that very interesting because a lot of people think that it's very easily obtained. That the hardest thing you've got to do to get to heaven is die. But they forget that you must die before you die physically. And you must live a separated life from this world. 
And I've, I've been to a lot of funerals and I've, I've preached a lot of funerals. And I can't put people in heaven or neither can I put people in hell. I just try to skirt the issue because until you've walked in their shoes, you don't know exactly how they lived. And I go about by what I know. And sometimes I don't even mention things that I know. But we bypass that because they are in the hands of a just God. But I've been to so many funerals and I've, I've, I've listened to people and, and uh, I've come to the conclusion that all you have to do to go to heaven is die. All you got to do to be a good person is die. And uh, so, so with that said, I, I was thinking I was at a funeral one time and, and the preacher was up and he was talking about this man. Of course, everybody that knew him knew that he was not a church-going man. And so the preacher even gets up and he says... You know, so-and-so here said, he did not call him a so-and-so, he, and I'm just using that instead of a name. He said, he was not the church-going type. We all know that. He said, but you know, I was at the gas station, and he come up to me a while back, and he asked me, hey, Reverend, how is the church doing? And I said, man, church is on his mind. And so I feel like he is in a better place today. Now, that's not a lot of obligations to being saved. But the writer here says you are, you have a misunderstanding of God and Scripture if you think that for one moment you're going to coast into heaven without meeting the terms of the gospel. What is the gospel? The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. One must not only be called, but one must remain faithful. That kind of, and this is still the commentary here, that kind of knocks out their theory of once saved, always saved. Because he says one must obey the gospel, And then one must remain faithful to the call of God. And so, uh, what is the gospel? The gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we must hold faith, we must hold, uh, with all of our strength to that gospel and steadfast in that gospel and following God. We must be born again. To ever see the kingdom of heaven, John chapter 3 tells us, a man, that's the words of Jesus, must be born again. We find the New Testament plan of salvation in the second chapter of the book of Acts when they asked men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter stood up with the rest of the disciples and said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance, death, dying out to sin. Amen. The old man has to die. Then the old man has to be buried in water baptism in Jesus' name. You don't splash him. You don't sprinkle some dirt over him. But you must be buried totally buried in the name of Jesus. The only name 
that is able to wash away the sins of mankind. And then you rise out of that water. And that's not all there is to it. There has to be a new life, a new spirit that comes inside of you, which is the Holy Ghost. And we know that it is real today because I guess as I look here, the majority of us has for sure experienced the infilling of the Holy Ghost. If you have not, you need to. And if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to get baptized in Jesus' name. Here is water. What doth hinder you? Amen. And so, and then let's look, let's go back. What I, what I really want to talk to you about today. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us about the whole armor of God. I don't want to deal with all of the armor of God. I just want to take a couple of phrases out of verse number 13 and verse number 14. It tells us, And having done all, after you have received the armor of God, and having done all to stand, does anybody know what the next word says? The next little phrase? Stand therefore. When you have stood all you could stand. When you have stood all you can stand. What do you do? You just continue standing. Having your loins girt about, again, truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. I think about instincts today. We have natural instincts. Some people have God-given abilities that could be classified as instinct. Because the definition of instincts are simply this. A natural impulse. A natural inclination or a natural tendency. A natural attribute or a gift. An instinct for making money. That is a illustration. An instinct for making money. I wish that we all had a little better instinct of making money. Most of us have instincts of spending money. Natural a power, a natural power. It's just a natural instinctive power that is giving to us. I, I think about people that play instruments. Now, my, my mom and daddy wasted a lot of money trying to teach me how to play a guitar. I, I wanted to play a guitar. I wanted to do it. I loved the way a guitar sounded. I wanted to play a guitar. I thought it would be real neat to play a guitar. I took guitar lessons for, I don't know, two or three years. But there's one important ingredient I left out. I did not want to practice. I like to go to guitar lessons. I like the 30 minutes, 45 minutes that he would spend there going over chords and showing me how to strum the guitar. Of course, I really wanted to pick and he would never let me do that. That's one reason why I gave it up. I wanted to sound like Chet Atkins or somebody. Or, but, but he would not let me do that. I liked all of that, but I did not want to practice. It did not come natural to me. It was something that I had to learn. I tried to sing. I found out that did not come natural to me. 
I, I wanted to preach. My brother wanted to preach, and he decided he couldn't preach, so he quit preaching. Or, or he just got up there and decided, hey, I can't do this. He told me, told me and my brother, my older brother that pastors in Stuttgart, he said, the only difference between me and you, or me and y'all, is I realized I couldn't. Y'all never did figure it out. But, but so, I look at people that have natural instincts of playing instruments. It's that they don't need any lessons. They just, they can go up there and pick stuff out on the keyboard and uh, figure out what goes with what and just, just play. I, I remember Brother Robinson telling us about learning how to play uh, the saxophone, which he is just unbelievable on a saxophone. And, and he said he never had a lesson. He just picked it up one day and started blowing it, and it just come out naturally. Now, he said he started playing Amazing Grace, and he played Amazing Grace for us. And he said, first time I played it, it sounds just like that. Now, I highly doubt that. And uh, because it's incredible the way that he can play it. But he said it just come natural. I just picked it up and started blowing the horn and it just come natural. Just talents, just instincts, natural instincts that is given from God. Like, like Rush Limbaugh has always said, it's just ability on loan from God. And so these are instincts. When I think about training and and people training people to develop natural instincts. I think about military training. They do odd things. They do weird things. They do crazy things. They, they take a gun that is perfectly in operating order and they take it apart and they put it back together. And they don't even shoot it, but they take it apart and they clean it and they put it back together. They don't shoot it the next day and they take it apart. They clean it and they put it back together. And it seems like just, just ignorance. It doesn't make sense. They go, they go out and they run for, they're not going anywhere. They're running in circles. They run through mud for no reason on a dry day. They just make a place muddy and they run through mud. They, they put wires across uh, the field and they crawl under wires and, and, uh, they, they do all of these things. They have people shooting, uh, uh, fake rounds over their head while they're crawling on the ground. But why are they doing this? They go to the desert and they walk for miles with no water, training their body. And, uh, they'll spend nights out under the stars when they could be sleeping in the barracks. No reason. But other just to create a natural instinct of teaching them what to do when you don't know what to do. Because they know that there will come a day. There will come a time. There will come an hour where they're in combat and it seems like all the world is caving in about them. And they'll draw from some source of training of that instructor, that drill sergeant, which they all hated to hear his voice. But that voice will echo in their ear telling them, get down, get down, get down. 
This is the way you put your gun together in the dark. You can do it with your eyes closed. I've taught you how to do it. Now in the midst of the desert, in the midst of the night, when it's, when it's broken, you know how to, to fix it. You know how to work on it. You know how to clean it up when the sand gets in it. Why? Because I have taught you and it has become a natural instinct to you. I'm reminded of a book. I, I, um, I, I told him a while ago, I'll clarify this. I did not see the movie. I did, I did, I, I said I did read the book, but really I did not read the book. I listened to the book off of my, my cell phone. And, uh, listened to the book off of my cell phone. Called The Lone Survivor. And it is a story. That's very interesting. I highly recommend it. It's a good, good read. It's very, uh, uh, it, it's very heartbreaking, really, that out of these men, only one survived. But it was men that were highly trained, men that had went through, and they talk about this training that that they that they went through. I read the book Seal uh, uh, Seal Team Six, and it talks about. The training that Navy SEALs go through. Jump in the water. Jump in the ice cold water. For what purpose? Because they are creating a natural instinct in your body and in your brain where you know what to do. They jump out of the water and then they tell them, get down and get sandy. And they have to roll in the sand. And then they have to run for five miles with sand stuck all over their body. Anybody that's ever been sandy knows that is not, not a convenient way to run. And then jump in the water, swim in the water until they take them to the point of death. And then they bring them back again, training them. And so this Navy SEAL had been in all of this training. And then it's live combat. His his buddies have been shot. They have been run over by a much larger group of people. And they keep falling back and they keep shooting and trying to get out. And we know the end of the story that there is only one lone survivor. But he tells about drawing from things that, that goes back to his days of training. Things that he had not gleaned from that he thought that he would never use. But he said, what I thought was silly then, what I thought was crazy then, what I thought was unnecessary then, all of a sudden in the midst of combat, it starts all coming back to me. It's just part of my reaction. It's part of my training. It's part of my instinct. So I would like to say it like this. When he did not know what to do, he did what he knew to do. I heard a story about a man and his wife that was murdered by, unfortunately they were murdered, unfortunately they were murdered by their son. That he come into their house while they were sleeping at night in very gruesome, to save some of the gruesome details, he killed them I believe it was with an axe. And so you can only imagine the bloody, the gory uh, uh, scene, crime scene that was there. When they started investigating this, they, they seen that 
There was bloody footprints leading to the door. And there was a bloody uh, handprint on the door where he unlocked the deadbolt. There was a bloody print on the doorknob where he opened the door. There was bloody tracks all the way out to where the paper carrier left the newspaper. And then bloody tracks that came back. This man that was murdered, even though he was physically dead, they come to the conclusion that there was a part of his brain that went back to what he did every day at a certain time. He would get up and he would go outside. He would unlock the door. He would go outside. He would get his newspaper and he would come back in. That man, even though he was dead, that part of his brain compelled him to get up. Now, I know you're thinking, oh man, Brother Looper is really weird. He's really went off of the deep end. But they tell this for facts. Google it if you want to. You can find it. And he walks outside. He gets a newspaper. And he comes back in and he collapses on the floor. How did he do that? They said because that part of his brain that was still active for so many minutes after his death was still telling him through repetition, get up, go out, unlock the door, go outside, get the newspaper, come back in. Because through repetition he had done it day after day after day after day. So just automatically it was just what he did. My mind goes, now I said all of that to say this. Now I'm to the point that I want to talk to you about. But all of that has a lot to say about what I'm about to preach about. We know a story called, we call the three Hebrew children. I would like to refer to them today as not children, not kids at all, but the three Hebrew young men. Daniel chapter 3 tells us a story about King Nebuchadnezzar building a statue, building a god. He used the finest of materials. He used the finest of craftsmen. And he made the largest god that he could possibly make. And he set it out in the plain where all of the leaders, the known kingdom at that time, could see this statue and he told them, when we play the sound of the music, it is not asked of you, but it is required of you. That you would bow down and you would worship this graven image and this God that I had set up. There was three young men that when they heard this, their hearts were stirred Within them, they were in a strange land. They were under the, the leadership of a pagan, a worshiping pagan god, worshiping king. They were in a strange country held captive against their will. But they had gone back and remembered the words that had been taught them from a child. What is known as the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God 
is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I could hear it as the music began to play. It was time to bow. No one was there to tell them not to bow. No one was there watching them to make sure they would stay true to God. But they had determined in their mind as they would hear the music, there was an echoing in their ear when I don't know what to do. And when I'm in a strange country, I still have an obligation to my God. Hear, O Israel, hear, O Israel, there's no other God beside our God. There's no God like our God. There's no God that we are to worship other than our God. I cannot bow down to a false image. Amen. I can see Shadrach as he looks over at Meshach and Abednego as he looks at Shadrach and Meshach. Strange names given to them by a strange king living in a strange house in a strange land. But some things never changed. Amen. You can take the Hebrew out of Israel, but you can't take the one God out of an Hebrew. Amen. You can shut the doors on the church, but you can't shut up the church. Amen. Because there is something that is in us that drives us and compels us to the house of God. Amen. Amen. What are you going to do, Shadrach? What will you do, Abednego? Amen, Meshach. What do you think about it? You know, it might be easier. Everybody else is bowing down. It might be easier to let this pass. Amen. But you know, there was somebody that was watching as they made their final decision not to bow. And they went and they told the king. And the king loved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they were blessed and highly favored of God. And he said, hey, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another opportunity. Maybe you didn't hear what I said. Maybe you didn't understand what I said. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you. Answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. Amen. The God that we serve is still mighty. The God that we serve is still powerful. The God that we serve is still victorious. Amen. Amen. Turn up the house speakers just a little bit. I don't know if you're hearing me right, but I come to tell you today, there's going to be times in our life where we're not going to know what to do, but we have to revert back to what we have heard in the past. When you don't know what to do, you just go ahead and do what you know to do. Amen. 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 You can be seated. O King, that we will not serve 
thy gods. We will not worship the golden image which thou hast set up. God is able. God is able. God is able to keep us from getting sick. I would like to tell you today, if you come to the house of God and you stay faithful to God, that you will not get sick. I cannot tell you that. You might get sick. I might get sick. We all might get sick. But this is the fact. It doesn't matter who gets sick or who gets well or who dies and who goes on. Amen. It does not change the fact that God is still God and God is still in control. And God is still almighty and all powerful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish that God would keep us all. But you know what? The three Hebrew young men, they went to the fiery furnace. But God was able to deliver them. But the fact is, they said, we're going to stand fast. And we will not bow down to your God. And we will not bow down to the false image that you have set up. Why? Because I was taught when I was a little bitty boy. Amen. There's only one God. And you don't worship any other God. Amen. I don't know what to do today. I don't know what direction to go today. Then just turn back to what I've been taught all my life. That God is still right. That God is still in control. That God still controls the universe. Amen. I've talked to you last week about people. There's going to be a craze of people turning to drugs. And trying to find something to numb their senses. Something to help them forget about what's going on around them. I listened at the president as he is talking about trying to start up the economy and get everything to roll in in most parts of the country by Easter Sunday. He said, what better time to start it back up than on the day of resurrection. Amen. He felt he, he has received criticism from that because he's worried more about the economy than he is people's lives. And he is worried about people's lives. But he said, if we don't do something, you're going to have people committing suicide at such a high rate because people's losing their hope and losing their faith and losing their finances and losing their job and losing their home and losing their loved ones. We've got to do something to bring hope back in to this nation. Amen. I was listening yesterday as I was coming back home on Fox News. They had a doctor talking about that he's one of these, I don't know exactly what you talk about, they're mental doctors. They deal with mental health situations. And, and I just for short call him a shrink. And he said, uh, we're dealing with an influx of people that they need to come and they have to have sessions. So we're going to video sessions trying to calm down their nerves because people 
people are in chaos in this country and in this world. Amen. So what do we do as a church? What do we do as a children of God? I tell you what we do. We go back to what the three Hebrew children, boys, young men were were taught that there's one God and we trust Him. That there's one God and we serve Him. That there's a true God that is faithful and we walk with Him. Amen. Amen. I know today I am being second guessed. I'm being questioned. Amen. I've been, I've been discussed. I've been set at many people's dinner tables in the last couple of weeks and never been invited. But I know that my name has been brought up. What is Brother Looper doing? Why is he trying to have church? Man, don't he know that that's dangerous? Don't he know that someone can be sick? Don't he know we could get in trouble? Don't he know the ordinances that has been passed? Yes, I do. Am I concerned about it? Yes, I am extremely concerned about it. I slept probably two hours last night rolling and tossing because my mind is tormented about decisions that I have to make. Amen. But this is a conclusion that I come to. When I don't know what to do, I just revert back to what I know to do. Amen. All I know is to trust in God. All I know is to keep living for God. All I know is to keep dancing. All I know is to keep shouting. All I know how to do is to keep on preaching. Keep on having church. Amen. You that might be second-guessing me, I want to ask you the question, have you been to Walmart in the last three weeks? Have you been to the grocery store in the last three weeks? Have you filled up your car with gas in the last three weeks? Have you been to the workplace in the last three weeks? Have you been outside your house in the last three weeks? Have you been through a drive-in in the last three weeks? Have you done anything, touched anything that anybody else has touched in the last three weeks? I want to tell you today, we all... We all are in the possibility of contacting this virus. But don't call me crazy because I go back to what my old daddy taught me and my mama taught me. You just go to God when the world's turned upside Woo! Hallelujah! When the world's turned upside down, you go to where you can get help in the house of God. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody in your house ought to shout right now. You ought to give God praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Woo! Hallelujah! Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I hope you can feel the Holy Ghost in your house today. I hope you'll let God touch you right now. That you'll let God move in your life right now.
Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. You can return to your seats. So when you're second guessing me, I want you to second guess yourself. I've told people I don't want anybody here that's uncomfortable. I mean that, and I'm not blasting. Don't take this as I'm blasting you if you're at home. I am not. I'm just preaching to you what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart. And I want to help you understand why I'm trying to make the decisions and do the right things that I am doing and why I'm trying to make the choices that I make. I pray for our leaders. I pray for our county leaders. I pray for our our, our leaders in the state. I pray for our leaders of this country. I pray for the world leaders but what what better what better opportunity than right now it's already been mentioned too what better opportunity than right now than a world leader to come on the scene and say hey we all need to get together right now and we all need to come under one leadership and we all need to do this together i can fix the problem amen i'm not predicting this is the end of the world but what i am predicting church and what i am telling you today, church, is the church needs to get back to what we've always been taught. God is right, and let every man be a liar. God is true, God is faithful, and I'm just going to stand on what I know is right. Hallelujah. So I pray for our leaders and mostly our, our local leaders. Do I disagree with them? Yes. Will we work through disagreements? Yes. They don't need me disagreeing with them right now. They need my prayers right now. I will not call. I will not complain. I'm going to try my best to do what I can and stay low profile as I possibly can. Will we have a discussion? Yes, in the future. But I cannot understand. But but this, yes, I do understand a little bit about this. Amen. How how the world can seem that it's necessary for a distillery to be open and a liquor store to be open and the church must needs be closed. Now I tell you the reason why is because they do when they don't know what to do, they do what they know to do. And that's the only hope they have. That's the only peace we have. So let me tell you today, don't call me crazy when I say when I'm in trouble, I go to the church. When I'm in distress, I come to the house of God. When I need help, I come to church. Hallelujah to God. This is my help. This is my hope. This is my strength. Hallelujah to God. When I don't know what to do. When I don't know what to do. When I don't know what to do. I wish the world had what I have. I wish the world had the church that I have. I wish the world knew the God that I know. When I'm in distress, I pray. When I'm in trouble, I pray. When I don't know what to do, I just shout about it. I worship and glorify and magnify Him. When we don't know what to do. When I don't know what to do. I just go back and do what I know. It's been put in me. It's just been put in me. 
like those three Hebrew men. It was put in them when they were little bitty boys. If they carry you captive, I know it's troubled times. I know things have been prophesied. And when they carry you captive, listen at me. Listen at me, Daniel. Hear my words. Hear what I'm saying. Of course, it wasn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego then. But it's names that I can't pronounce, so I'll leave that as it may. But hear me, boys. When you're over there in a strange country, and no matter what they're doing, no matter what's going on, no matter what's taking place, no matter what's happening, no matter how beautiful it might sound, no matter how great it might look, don't forget. Don't forget what Mama's telling you. Amen. I can remember as a little boy being brought to church. Somebody said they were on drugs. Yes, they were drugged to church every time the church house doors was open. And I hope today that when this is all over, that it stirs something in every member of this congregation where we'll see the value of coming to the house of God. The value of coming and getting together and worshiping and Praising and glorifying God. Hallelujah. Shut down the church but leave the liquor store open. I might be crazy, people. I might be stressed out. I might be a nervous wreck. But I can't see that. I can't understand that. I can't figure that concept out. I wasn't trained to think that way. I was trained to think that church is like the ark of Noah's time. I was trained that more when you're in trouble, if you can just get back to the church. I'm reminded of the story of the little boy that was lost. And the cops found him. And they asked him, said, who's your daddy? He said, well, daddy. Said, who's your mama? What's your mama's name? Well, mama. Said, where do you live? He said, I don't know. Said, well, can you describe it to me? He said, well, he said, beside my house, there's a big church. And on that church, it's got a cross. If you can take me to where I can see that cross, I can find my way home. I want to tell you when the world's turned upside down, don't take the church from me. I've got to get to the church. I've got to have help in the church. I find peace in the house of God. Hallelujah. 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 As they come to the music. Give up on God? No. Don't tell me that. Quit coming. Church, and I understand some people scared. And, I, and, and don't make me clarify myself. But 
Don't tell me that stuff. Don't even mention. Well, times is bad. I just, God's not taking care of me. Don't tell me that. It's not my instinct. It's not my DNA. It's not what's in me. What's in me to know there's a better day coming because I know who holds a future. Coronavirus don't dictate my future. God holds my future in His hands. I'm trusting in Him and I'm going to keep on shouting. I'm going to keep on dancing. Amen. What do you do? I tell you what, I can come in here in the daytime and nobody's here and I'm under pressure. And you know what? I come, I start just praising God because I realize that when we start shouting and we start praising, the world says that's crazy. But the church says that's just what I'm trained to do. I just worship. I just shout. I just glorify God. I give God some praise and the walls come down. Somebody worship God right now. Somebody give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Somebody ought to dance your troubles away right now. Somebody ought to get out and shout under the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody ought to break free from depression. You ought to break free from the adversary that's dictating your spirit and your power and say, God, I'm just going to shout a while. I'm just going to worship a while. I'm just going to praise you a while. Guys, hold up. Hold up. What is it? We have to we have to have a the Holy Ghost huddle before we can break through. What's up? What's wrong with that, guys? You can't you can't worship God when you're by yourself. When I don't know what to do, what I'm thinking about tomorrow. When I don't know what to do, I just do all I know to do. You can't just go ahead and have your Holy Ghost shout right now. What about it, three Hebrew boys? Ain't nobody around. Mama's not around. Nobody's here to help you. Nobody's here to instruct you. But I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep on standing. When I've done all the stand, I'm just going to stand. 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 I'll lean on you, Lord. I'll lean on you.
our troubles away. We praise our troubles away. We praise our grief away. We praise our heartache away. at home right now wherever you're at I want you to get up and I want you to worship God right now I want you to have a Holy Ghost shout in your house right now I want you to break through every bit of depression every bit of the adversary's thought that he's put on your mind and your spirit the bleak doom and gloom and despair why don't you shout it out right now why don't you break through right now Come on at home, turn your house into a sanctuary right now and give God praise and give God glory and give God honor. He's worthy of all of our praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship Him. Let's worship Him together. Let's worship Him together. Come on, magnify Him. Give Him glory. Give Him honor today. Give Him honor today. He's worthy. He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of all of our praise. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It's hard. It's hard for people that's on opposite ends of the spectrum to understand the thinking process of each other. And I know I have some thinking that I've preached this morning that probably contradicts a lot of people's opinions. But I'm just going back to what I know has worked to this point. And I believe it's going to continue to work. Amen. I believe it's going to continue to work. And God's going to continue to help us. 
I encourage all of you at home, pray. Seek the face of God. We need, we need a God intervention in this situation. Without God, it's not going to get better but worse. But with God. With God. And that's what I'm banking on. With God. With God. With God. Amen. With God, God's going to make a way. Amen. 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 So I ask you, instead of criticizing and critiquing, please pray. Amen. I'm going to lead by example. I pray for our leaders. You pray for your pastor. Amen. Amen. God's going to bring us through. God's going to work for us. God's going to help us. God's going to move for us. Thank you for being at the house of God today. And um, remember, I don't know what we will do from this point on. There will be some type of church here on these premises. Um, But we'll be looking into that. I'll be making a decision. I'll send you out a text for Wednesday night and uh, then Sunday. There will be church here tonight at 7 o'clock. Lord bless you. Don't shake hands, but please be friendly. Let's try to distance ourselves from one another as much as possible. And uh, stay as, as clean from germs as possible. And we do take precautionary measures. We wipe down everything before between services and try to keep everything as clean as we possibly can. So we are trying to do that part. We're practicing distancing. And uh, we're not being idiots, but we are fanatics about Jesus. That's just, that's just, that's just who we are. That's what we are. So Lord bless you. Be safe this week. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Brother Smith will be preaching tonight.